0: The overview is a production of Chaman V TV find out more about the show at TV. what's up what's up everybody welcome to episode 73 of the overview I'm Chan Man V. And joining me today is my co-host Fishsticks. What's up, Mike?
1: What's up, everybody? I am joining you from a brand new studio. Uh, instead of being in a in a in a locker or closet or whatever the hell I was in before, I've actually got a legit mic. Got listen lighting, to that got mic, a nice camera. So Hopefully, I sound wonderful to you it's guys. So now, uh, I'm expecting Craig Asim to <laughs> chat. Uh, but also it's making me think I need a shave before the show because <laughs> my face is way too much detail now.
0: Oh, the HD, right? There's nothing like HD to, uh, HD to actually pick up on all your your little dots and everything on, on your face. Gotta love it. But we are welcoming back our guest again, Mr. Jake. What's going on, buddy?
2: Hey, doing well. It's great to be back. Awesome. I can see you're
0: still in a house with some other friends in the background playing games? Yeah,
2: this is the, uh, the Luminosity Gaming CS team is here.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome, man. Well, um, ZP's not here today. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it, but uh, hopefully he'll be back next week. But we've got tons to talk about, <laughs> like usual. Never have to worry about the agenda for this, this show because... It is amazing. It's so hard to even fit in just all the stuff that's going on in, in the hour and a half that we do. But uh, lots of game changes or game announcements. We had a new animated short at Gamescom. Um, you know, end of the season, obviously. P- uh, we had PTR updates, but now we actually have a patch release that we just saw today. So we'll talk about both of those. Uh, Jake here, going to catch up with Jake. Uh, he's, lots of news going on with him <laughs> team-wise and, and uh, you know, maybe tryouts and things like that. So he'll give us the lowdown on that. Player teams, lots of stuff going on there involving Contenders and Overwatch League and all that good stuff. We'll, we'll definitely touch on everything. Oh, the World Cup, brackets are drawn. <laughs> we get a chance to talk about that. Obviously, Jake being on the U.S. team too. And then Contender Season 1, uh, got topic of the week. Uh, involving r- the reporting system. And then lastly, we've got some QA from a few viewers and fans out there. If you do have any questions, go ahead and send those to us each week at Overview at TV, And we'll try our very best to read them out each and every week. We would definitely welcome them. So bring it on. Definitely bring it on. Okay. So let's talk about the game. Well, actually, no, let's talk about the, our animated short since I was like, that happened first. So we have a new animated short uh, and. It was surprisingly May because I, I thought it was going to be like Junkrat, Roadhog, you know, the whole Junker Town thing, but then they broke out, you know, the whole Arctic thing on us. So, what'd you guys think of the the short?
1: I thought it was amazing. Uh, oh God, <laughs> oh, I didn't even need to do nice. that. Nice. Oh uh, no, I didn't. Nice. Uh, no, it was great. Uh, phenomenal. <laughs> we know the high bar of, uh, for quality that they they've established from the previous uh, shorts, and I think this was, if not. Just as good as the best, the best that we've seen yet. Uh, I personally Mm -hmm. really enjoyed, uh, really enjoyed watching it. Uh, And you mentioned the Junker Town thing too. I mean, they're they're showing that they can do anime, they can do (laughs) these high production value Pixar esque shorts. They can even do in engine uh, shorts as well, which are which is just as good. I mean, it's also really entertaining and awesome. Uh, But I think May got some love here, and I've actually been seeing May more. In ranked games played? since that really? came, yet. a hundred percent, yeah, nice. Uh, but yeah, everyone I've seen talking about this, and everyone I've talked to about this short, absolutely loved it. Uh, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, Jake, what do you think?
2: Uh, I liked it. I mean, you know, that's just every short that they do is consistently really high quality and has really advanced the story and the world of the game. So uh, yeah. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, uh, for me, it's it's probably top three for me to be honest. Like, there's you know, a lot of them have a lot of action and you know, th- that whole aspect to it, but there's not actually a lot of, you know, the feels, you know, and all that stuff. There's only like a few that actually have feels, you know, Bastion being obviously Bastion one of them. comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And this one was like one of the other ones. There was actually sadness to this one. There, there weren't, there hasn't been that much sadness to any of the previous shorts. So I really appreciated that. Had a kind of passengers feel to it. If you guys have watched that movie, you know, like her being the only, only person there. But, um, you know, I, I'm I'm curious to see. I wish they would've gone a little bit further. Like how does she actually get, you know, back into the the whole Overwatch thing, you know, like surely she's just walking across the entire tundra until she gets there. That's that's kinda hard to, to imagine. Tough. <laughs> I know, just, just with, you know, her robot and her, her gallon of water or a couple gallons of water or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways g- g- definitely a, a great short and hopefully we'll see one I guess at BlizzCon. I, I I guess three, two or three months from now, it'd be uh, probably the right timing for another short. Um, okay. Well, anyways, another thing too is that the summer events, uh, the summer event, or, yeah, summer event ended, as well as the end of the competitive season five. So, um, yeah. Any overall feelings on that? Like you, you guys kind of accomplish everything you wanted to accomplish with this competitive season.
1: I didn't get to play as much as I wanted to. Uh, this is uh, I played far less hours, far fewer hours this season than I have any other season. Uh, usually I'm in the 80 to 90 hours range. I think this season I was below 40. Um, just mainly due to travel and work and, and a lot of different things. Uh, but was finally able to get uh, edge my toe into uh, GM at the very end. So nice. at least I got there. Uh, you know, still will we'll continue to have the eventual goal of getting top 500 one day, but as long as i'm continually getting into gm i'm pretty happy uh so i, I overall i like the season i mean people complain a lot about dive comp and it was so dominant in the first part but towards the end it was starting to get more and more dynamic and it's only going to get more and more dynamic uh with some of the changes that are rolling into season six so i'm pretty happy with the season yeah. what about you g
2: uh, you know, I hate ranked, and I've always hated ranked. I think since season two, it was just, it's not—it's like a inferior format in my eyes, and I just wish they would do a lot of things to change it and improve it. Um, so hopefully, season six actually—you know—brings those changes. It sounds like you know some of the changes they're proposing are really good and in the right direction. So, uh, I'm excited to see how that turns out.
0: Okay, well, um, you know, season six starts. I think in tomorrow, I believe. I think we all, there's only a two days gap between uh, the end of season five and season six, so definitely uh, check that out or hop on immediately get those placement match done uh, finished. And one thing also about competitive season five is that you know the folks that played Lucio Ball actually you know got some comp points for that too. So hopefully you guys were able to get placed there and uh, you know definitely partake in those extra points. Um, but let's talk about today's patch. There's a big patch. This is the patch that had a lot of the previous PTR updates. I know there's just been a bunch of them kind of consecutively now, but the the previous ones that involved, uh, things like, um, I think the Arisa changes, the, uh, Junkrat, obviously the double mine, um, Roadhogs, you know, healing, uh, as well as Widowmaker's grappling Hook. So that's all out in production right now. So, um, We talked about it last week already, you know, just, like, just how we interpreted a lot of these, uh, changes, but anything changed in the last week? Like, what are you guys anticipating? Maybe we'll start off with you, Jake, since we, uh, talked about it last week. Actually, Ben wasn't here either, right? So, we could give both y'all's opinion. Jake, what do you think first, though?
2: Um... On, on, like, the, the new PTR changes. Yeah, like, like Junkrat, the double bad.
0: mine, and... I think
2: the Junkrat buff is, like, I'm really happy about. That character has been really weak for a long time because Blizzard felt like they couldn't buff a character that was already so strong in low levels. But as a result, the character was completely unplayable and competitive. Uh, so I think the buff's a really good thing, and I'm excited to see where it goes. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, ben, what do you think?
1: Oh, I've been playing a bit of PTR, especially to try out the uh, Mercy and D.Va changes, which I'm equally excited about. Uh, I, I'm actually, I think that this is a this is a good patch. I mean, a lot of people complain about, uh, especially the Widowmaker buff. A lot of people say mm-hmm. Sniper should never be that mobile. Um, but let's face it, like, Widow isn't that strong at a super high level at this point in time. I mean, at my level, I'm freaked out about really strong Widow's. Uh, In the high masters to GM range, because I I just have a I I've had really horror horrific games where a widow just dominates the entire thing, and they're going to be even more mobile now. But she's she could use the buff. Um, Arisa, I think Arisa's going to be insanely strong this season. Uh, The fact (laughs) that her barrier size has been increased by 20%. That was a change that I was not expecting. I was definitely expecting the projectile speed speed change uh, or or some kind of buff to her her weapon in some way. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the fact that she's got a double buff and both her ability to do damage and deal with things like tracers buzzing around her, she can actually hit A fast-moving flanker like that now uh and she's getting the 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 barrier buff i think arisa is going to be viable in so many more situations than she was viable previously and uh and when she works she works i mean uh like her her shield her barrier covers most choke points it's like it's bigger than reinhardt's shield uh and it it covers a lot of different chokes so i think arisa is instantly going to become way more viable Playing against Junkrat, Junkrat with two concussive mines uh, is completely different because you can't, as a flanker, as a Genji, as a tracer, you don't want to be in that mid-range where he can hit you with that mine, like, ever. When, right. when I was playing against Junkrats, when I was playing Genji or tracer on PTR, I found myself really trying to stay further away, so I feel like Junkrat's going to make a lot more space this season for his team and be a, a much bigger threat especially against other DPS, uh, but in, in all scenarios, really. Um, and, you know, Roadhog taking a breather, now being able to move while taking a breather and having the damage reduction, I feel like it, it just feels like it fits with his character. He's, like, running around, drinking his his health potion. Uh, D- man, it just makes him way more survivable. <laughs> so I'm excited about all of these changes. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Jake, I either- you mentioned you're excited for the Junkrat change. What do you think about the rest of them?
2: Uh, I think the hog change is like good and that he needs a buff, but I, I don't think it's gonna make him a good character. It's just like he dies slightly slower and he still does nothing. So he's like, why why would I put this character on my team? You know like, the survivability increase is nice, but just wasn't what Roadhog ever needed. The survivability. like uh, the problem on Roadhog is that you're feeding thousands of HP of all, not that like you're dying necessarily. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I guess it mitigates against that a little bit, but you, just, you still aren't going to get kills. You still aren't going to be a useful character. I don't see the character being played ever, even with this buff. It's not enough. Um, Arisa could be interesting, but stuff like Junkrat is actually really, really strong against her. Um, and I wonder how much you're going to see like really static team compositions, which is the only thing that Arisa can work with. The arisa Torb combo is gonna get a lot better though. Is, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's pretty fun, Great. pretty you interactive. Get
0: to, you get to watch that one.
2: <laughs> Super dynamic.
0: Yeah. What about Widow? What about the
2: Oh the Widow change? The I actually epic- suggested that change a while ago uh, okay. the, to the devs that they should decrease Gravel cooldown because it's like she just needed something. Like she's just like when the meta was so fast, she just she just could not keep up with like a dive meta. Yeah. And she still won't keep up with the dive meta. Like, you'll still be able to dive a Widow and destroy her because, for all intents and purposes, the hookshot isn't on, you know, it's not quick enough that you can just constantly escape a character like, you know, Winston, Tracer, Genji that's just always on you and, like, can move way faster than you. But it gives her, like, a little bit more, sorry, a little bit more freedom.
0: Yeah, I mean, just in the extra few seconds it takes to kill a Widow, I mean, that's That's an extra few seconds that you're not doing DPS on somebody else, right? If it's diving or whatever. So it'll be interesting to see. I definitely welcome at least my level. (laughs) I welcome people trying the epic headshots with their grappling hooks. (laughs) So that's going to be fun, killing a lot of flying widows. Or at least more and more of them. um, Let's see, anything else? The Venom Mine, I think we talked about just kind of through walls. It's a very, very minor thing. Um, but yeah, so this is out there, guys. We'll see how it changes the meta. Um, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised just if we see just a ton of new junk rats uh, on day one. So um, let's talk about the PTR patches, though, which was actually originally going to be the big thing that we talk about. It probably still is the biggest, one of the biggest things that we talk about today. But uh, the PTR patch has some giant changes, particularly to Mercy. So um, these were. Uh, a bit shocking because it's it's almost like a redesign, and it was hinted, uh, in you know one of the interviews at GamesCon that we would see a, a pretty big change to Mercy. So there's two of them: there's Mercy and there's Diva, and then there's a small one, Reinhardt. So why don't we talk about? Uh, given that I just talked about Mercy, why don't we talk about Mercy first? So um, Mercy's resurrect has completely changed, or it's it's definitely been been taken off of her ultimate and moved to a new ability, her E if you use E for that ability. And you can only resurrect one target at a time. The radius is much smaller. Cooldown is, you know, it's a separate kind of cooldown. And, um, it's immersive, it's not invulnerable, too, while, while she resurrects. So it's definitely more of you know what I guess people were doing in terms of tempo rezzing and things like that in the past. Now she has a brand-new ultimate ability called Valkyrie, and this is basically like anything that Mercy does is powered up, you know, like two or three times. So we're talking her, her blaster is infinite ammo, faster, more powerful. Her Caduceus staff um, not only you know boosts the healing and damage of the target, but it's like chain lightning now, so anything around that target... Also receives the healing and the damage. Um, it's the range itself, too, is like super long. Guardian Angel's range is is super long. Not only does she have Guardian Angel, she also has the ability to, to hover, I guess is what they call it, which is free fly, which is crazy. Me and Ben were like, Ben was. I remember we were talking about just her their upgrades, and Ben's like, yeah, it'd be awesome if Mercy could just free fly. And sure enough, they just gave it to her, which is crazy. And then her uh resurrect cooldown is instantly reset whenever um you activate the ultimate. Regeneration, uh, there's no um, interruption time. So she just regenerates the entire time. So huge changes to Mercy. So I want to get and, your and thoughts on it. she can
1: res every 10 seconds.
0: Yeah, she can res so, a single target every 10 seconds, yes.
1: You, you can actually get off three reses really easily in, in this situation too because if someone dies and you have your ult, you can res the person, use your ult, res someone else, Then 10 seconds later, you can res again. You could even theoretically attempt to res four times in the course of one ultimate, which is pretty nuts. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty nuts. You are definitely
0: more vulnerable, though. I mean, you have to be close to res people now. So it's not like, you know, in the general vicinity, you pretty much have to be right on them to to res them. But so definitely a lot different from the standpoint of resurrection, but. You know, the days of hide and seek and things like that, thank God, they're probably going to be gone because that was, uh, you know, the root of many, many complaints, you know, in terms of mercy and just even design limitations, I think, in in terms of what they can make. Uh, What's your take on this, Jake?
2: i'm super happy i mean no, that play, play style with mercy like the fact that that was the correct playstyle, was like really infuriating Is like just poor game design just like why why would the game encourage you to sit in a corner and like wait for your teammates to die mm-hmm. then, like, <laughs> you know what i mean i like, think that's that's not what you should be doing like it just makes the game unfun and also it's really unfun to play against because you're actually playing hide and seek you're not like, like ignore their team. I'm gonna go run around the corners of the map until I find the mercy. Like, yeah, it's, uh, okay, yeah, like this is a great gameplay mechanic. Right. So I was really really glad to see this change. Uh, I think the ultimate needs some tuning. It's a little too strong right now because your mercy just can DPS people and like you don't you actually just stop healing. You just go blast people. Mm-hmm. But they're gonna decrease pistol damage. I've heard. So <laughs> they
0: better. I think people are gonna be
2: like the heal and the damage is more. I think the ult is really really cool. It's a unique transform ult. There's other transform ults in the game like Genji or Bastion but they all sort of change what the character does. Like, the Dragon Blade is very different than a normal Genji. Um, the tank is very different than a normal Bastion in terms of, like, what you're doing. But this is sort of... You kind of do what Mercy normally does. The pistol is an exception, but if you're actually using the heal or the damage boost, you're just, like, a better version of normal uh, in a lot of ways. So I think it'll be interesting to see how people exploit that, like, power-up, essentially. Because I think it's a really open old Like, you could use it in a ton of different ways. You could, yeah. uh, you know, you can survive with it. But you can also go, like, save allies with the multiple reses. Of course, that'll be a thing. But I think the really interesting thing is going to be, like, the micro play.
0: Yeah, she's like a Swiss army knife, I mean, with her her ultimate. Because, you know, you can make an argument that her ability to heal, like, a mass amount of people, it's almost like a mini transcendence, right? And her damage boost is kind of like an Orisa boost now, too. So, man, I think she fits in a lot of things.
1: She's like not
2: quite as good as those ultimates, but the mm-hmm. fact that she could be whatever she needs to be right. in the moment, or just a pistol fragger and like chase. Like you can run it. <laughs> those
0: videos that, are awesome.
2: could be that could actually be legit. I, it depends how much they nuke pistol damage. Yeah, but you could genuinely like send your mercy in after supports or something with this. Um, but the nano booster is it invulnerable. Do I, I, maybe do we'll do see. you can, Actually, can, you damage too. people aren't going to be running on us, so it won't matter. You have to run Lucio still because it's still better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For the non ult situation, it's still way better. And Lucio is just the best character in the game, so of course you're going to Lucio. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be really cool to see for sure. Like, I think there's a ton of creativity and an open-endedness, and I think the really good players are going
1: to use this in unique and awesome ways. Yeah. Uh, Jake, have you had a chance to play PTR much?
2: Yeah, actually, I've only been playing. I haven't played ranked in like a week. I've only been playing PTR deathmatch. Nice.
0: Oh, BTR death match? Okay. Death match with Mercy. Yep, there you yes. go. <laughs> I don't
2: like playing. I mean, it's actually really good practice. I just, like, grind. Like, I'll play, like, 20 wins of Genji and 20 wins of Soldier. And, okay. Like, first to 20 kills 20 times. And then mm-hmm. it's, like, a good practice. It's a good, practice. A good aim a bot couple top hours top practicing. In or exactly. It's just, of... like, raw aim practice. Yeah. Which is, I think my biggest weakness as a player. So I think it's important that I do that a lot.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I, on a personal level, I've been loving this mercy change. It's actually really exciting when both teams are engaging, and maybe maybe you both have a mercy, and then you have you you know they both activate their ultimate. They're flying around. First of all, it looks badass. It's a dog fight. <laughs> it's like, she's got God. these badass like golden wings. They're <laughs> flying around, dogfighting, rezzing <laughs> people left and right. Like it just makes the pace of the game more frenetic. Instead of being one big death ball fight bunch of people die and comes mercy res that's kind of hype to an extent but it's way less interesting way less dynamic than mercy getting quick quick two reses by rezzing and then alting and rezzing again uh bringing half the team back in the fight then the fight rages on and both teams end up getting uh, one or two reses throughout the course of 20 seconds mercy mm-hmm. flying all around you know you, you can try and dive her you can try and Genji blade after her, try to get that kill. She's probably still going to get away. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it, it's it's a really good change. And think back, think back six, eight months ago. Whenever, whenever it was that Blizzard decided to change Lucio, I think this mm-hmm. this mercy rework has so many parallels to to what they did with Lucio mm-hmm. because it's almost hard to remember how boring Lucio used to be. You had your radius was absolutely massive. And your gun did absolutely nothing, so you basically just were a mobile healing and speed station. They decided to make Lucio fun and engaging and more exciting to play and feel more impactful to play uh, and have a higher skill ceiling, frankly. It's, they're cool. doing the same exact thing for Mercy here. And also to an extent, to D.Va, instead of feeling like you're forced to right click, you know, we haven't talked about D.Va just yet, but instead of feeling like you're, you're forced to use your matrix at all times, you have less matrix, but you have more options. You have more things to think about, more things that you could be doing at any time. Uh, and, and the character is more mobile. So yeah, I think that Blizzard learned a lot from that Lucio rework and is applying a very similar philosophy to, to these reworks as well. Uh, I'm super yeah. excited.
0: Yeah, me, yeah, me too. I, I think the biggest thing for me with Mercy, and and it's good that you bring up the Lucio example too, is that, you know, a lot of these characters that I, I felt were very ne- necessary for Overwatch in terms of you know the lower skilled players and having it be a very accessible character. You know, Mercy was definitely like on the top of the list, like. You know, she's straightforward. You know, like her abilities are very easy to understand, and you know, from a standpoint of aiming and stuff, like you don't have to. You know, like it, it's definitely one of those those characters you can play if you're not great at at aiming. So um, I think they've done an awesome job of still keeping her accessible, yet adding skill cap. You know, like a higher skill cap to her, and um, you know, the resurrect, the multi-resurrect was always just a, a fundamental issue that would limit the game, you know, and like what you can make too. And whether mercy is always going to be played versus not. So taking that away, I think has, has really opened up just the potential for other characters for them to make and our heroes to make in the future too. So super smart decision. I'm glad they came up with a very elegant way of doing this too. And um, like you guys said, it looks awesome. Even from a spectator standpoint, it's going to be like super flashy to sh- to show on the screen whenever Mercy's ultimate.
1: Uh, let's talk if you about, do chase down yeah. the Mercy, that's a big, exciting moment, right? Mm-hmm. If you're able to actually kill her.
0: Yeah, and she's very killable, too. I mean, it's not like she's invulnerable and, you know, super hard. So it's going to take a lot of skill just to even, um, you know, kind of get in there get that res. You were talking about multi-resing. Well, it's going to take a lot to, to keep her alive at, at times, too. Um, let's talk about Diva though. So you mentioned the, the change to Diva, and we talked about it at the end of our episode last week because it was kind of like breaking news. Yeah. Um, but D.Va, uh, confirmed, has a new ability called Micro Missiles, and it's it's basically like a mini barrage. It's obviously less powerful than like a fair barrage, and the missiles are a lot smaller. But it's something that you can do while you're firing, you know, just her fusion cannons, and and uh, it's just like extra DPS for D.Va. And then her defense matrix is half, or it, it depletes twice as quickly now. So, um, you know, half the time that the matrix is going to be up, Uh, And then lastly, you can fire the fusion cannon while you're boosting. So while you're moving, while you're flying all over the place, you can shoot. Most notably, you know, things like chasing down a a pharaoh, maybe, you can start shooting too at the same time and things like that. So uh, yeah, what what do you guys think? You know, Jake, have you gotten a chance to play this on the PTR or play a lot of D.Va?
2: I haven't played D.Va too much. I just think it's, from a theoretical standpoint, really interesting in that they've really made her a much more aggressively postured hero. Mm-hmm. Um, compared to where she was before my only question is is she as good at aggression as other characters where you might just like stop picking diva <laughs> i think that's a good thing because diva was really oppressive and like overpicked and like really defined the game and, like you can't you, know, you can't play on because diva's just going to matrix things and you can't heal them. but this this reduces that so i, I think uh, it's a really really good change in the right direction and should open up the the roster and you, you should see more heroes as uh, as a result of this
1: change if it goes live Again, it's just giving D.Va more options, making her more dynamic. Uh you could I mean, well it's yet to be known if this is a buff or a nerf. I think most people think this is definitely a nerf uh, because her matrix is the the reason you chose D.Va in the first place uh, for the most part. Uh but uh, I think this is really awesome. I mean, she had no ability to do long-range damage. Now she does. Uh her her matrix is uh, she has half as much matrix to use, so you're not going to be able to absorb an entire soldier alt. You're not going to be able to outlast a McCree High Noon. Uh, you're not even going to be able to, you know, protect your your uh, your supports from a diving ta- tracer like you used to, which I think is one of people's bigger concerns here. Is like, does this just make flanking diving tracers and Genjis uh, and ulting soldiers too powerful? Um, I, I don't I, think. I, I, I mean, I, from my perspective, I don't think so. Um, you know, Reese has got a, a small buff, which you know is is not gonna make a huge difference here, but you can still dive those characters uh diva can still be used like instead of just going and absorbing an entire soldier alt you might be able to go up there and get the kill because you have the rockets now, and you can shoot while you're approaching that soldier so yeah uh, I, I I like this change a lot uh basically everything about it is 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 uh encouraging for me.
0: I have a feeling too the matrix of uh, nerve here could be. I mean you you could actually alleviate it some if you're just even more careful with when you use matrix you know what I mean like I still think it could be super effective in in defending your supports and things like that it's just you can't just recklessly use it like just not very precisely as you before just kind of holding it down so I, I'd be really curious to see with the really good diva players if they can be e- even more precise than before and still make that defense matrix you know maybe 80% you know 85% as effective as it was before so that would still be amazing you know in terms of defending your your supports and in that aspect of it we'll have to see um but I I think we may you know instantly start seeing uh just the the how it's going to be affecting once it comes out so maybe in two weeks it's going to be out I would say in production and then we can kind of see immediately what happens uh has there been I feel like a lot of pro players have been playing on PTR lately is that y'all's general feelings or no, like hopefully I'm not sure actually. Jake, what, I mean I, I feel like every time I look at a stream, somebody's playing on PTR.
1: I don't know. People are scrimming. It's fun, dude. It's yeah, fun. Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay. Well, anyways, hopefully they're getting a lot of data from that. Uh, the last thing that that was uh, in the PTR patch is the Reinhardt barrier field. This isn't that big of a deal, but basically while you're holding primary fire, um, while you're shielding too, if you if you do both, you can rotate the camera now. So that's that's like the first time like a character's ability ui has been able to affect you know like a spectating aspect of it so um where is this where does this help exactly guys because i play just a lot classic of Reinhard. quality of life
2: change okay just, uh, i mean I, I love a change like this because it's like it's not that there's an obvious problem that they're solving with Reinhardt. it's right. that this just makes the character feel more to with the play and it's just like it's classic quality of life change. Like it's probably not a it's probably a one percent buff to the character or something. It's this meeting. Yeah. yeah. But it's gonna be more fun to play Reinhardt now and more and more. There's gonna be more freedom. You could do interesting things like peak corners and stuff. Like I don't know. There's mm, gonna be ways to address yeah, this for sure. So okay. I, I think it'll be Interesting, not impactful ultimately, but I think I would love to see two changes like this every single patch. And Overwatch would be a really, really insanely good game in like ten
1: patches. I think the the take home message here is yes, Blizzard does read Reddit, and they, they saw <laughs> yeah. everyone calling for Reinhardt having a rear view mirror in his HUD. Uh, and you know, everyone I saw people in chat actually earlier today talking That's about true. the fact that uh, Zenyatta needs to have health bars for his for mm. whoever his uh, orb is on, things yeah. like that. Like I I agree with Jake. If if they can squeeze in quality of life changes like that in these patches, everyone's gonna be happy.
2: No one can argue against that. Yeah, definitely.
0: Okay, well let's uh move on and uh Jake, you know, I catch up with you given that um lots of things have been happening about uh just with you and your team and uh first off, so the the team that you were on before LG Evil, Luma just LG in general is leaving Overwatch and disbanding the team. So you know, of course, what that means for Jake here is that he's looking for a team. And uh, you, you kind of announced that on your Twitter, uh, you know, not too, a few days ago, maybe or late, late last week. Um, any thoughts on this? Like, how long did you know that this was going to happen?
2: I had my suspicions for a while. I didn't think the team was gonna make Owl, to be honest. Um, I was like uncertain for a long time. I was like yeah, maybe, maybe maybe not. But then from the way like almost every AL team was looking to build a team rather than to uh, buy a team, it's just like the writings on the wall, like maybe the lunatic Highs and, and the enviouses get picked up as a full team, but you know I didn't suspect that many other teams would. and, and that's the situation that it is right now where every, every uh, owl or wants to build their own team. Um, that unless they can buy one of the very, very best teams in the world, um, they're not going to, you know, even look past the very, very top of Tier 1. Like, I don't think there's going to be more than, like, three or four teams that are full teams going into OWL. Uh, I think almost, like, the majority, uh, if not almost all of the teams are going to be built teams. It's just the the way it's going to work, all the free agents are going to be chopped up and set for parts. But it's also a good thing, you know, we get to see some new combinations and, and, you know, change the game up for Mm -hmm. Overwatch League
1: yeah this was a topic we touched on i think when we had you on the show after uh santa monica is just it was surprising to me and i think to a lot of people how well these team, these national teams are playing after not very long time together after not having a super intense scrim regimen not not all these teams yet they still looked and were performing as if They were as good or better than a lot of the existing uh, orgs and existing teams, which really opened my mind personally to the possibilities of chopping apart every single team and and rebuilding from the ground up. It just seems like there's so much potential right now. I mean, look at Cloud Nine; like they pick up Laser Kittens, then drop half the roster, and they're they're rebuilding (laughs) on a weekly basis to just try to. I don't even know what the Cloud Nine team
0: is. Yeah, from week to week, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But it worked Um, out for them this
0: week. Yeah, it definitely worked out for them this week. Um, So there's been a lot of talks about tryouts, you know, now with the team's uh, you know that deadline is. I still get the, I guess the deadline is still like two months away, but you know the deadline is still looming. You know when when they lock down the teams and their rosters. So there's a lot of tryouts going on, and you know I, I definitely have seen on your Twitter that you've been trying out for for different teams. So I kind of want to see how that's going and how that compares to maybe some of the other folks that have been trying out that have been having maybe a worse time. Like Ajax had that crazy crazy thing going on with him in Boston. So how has your tryout experience been recently?
2: Um, mine's been great, you know. I have like a, a few tryouts. You know, some teams that I there's definitely one team I would say that I will 100% accept if they offer me the spot, wow. and then a few okay. others. It's like um, <laughs> backups that I'd be you know also interested in joining. Um, but it it feels good to have that to have like the team that I want to join. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Obviously, you know, no leaks. You can't tell
0: us, of course. But yeah, no you know, I, as
2: soon as I as soon as I get it confirmed and it's good with the org, then I. would I'll put awesome. the word out, but uh, I I thanks for awesome. back on here again. Basically. Of course, of course.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I guess you've been having a good. Do you do you feel like there's a lot of politics going on, or do you think, you know, because I think I feel like with the Ajax, there's, there was a lot of different things going on there, or is it just been mostly about merit and skill in terms of what you've been experiencing?
2: I think, um, you know, I, in my eyes, it's mostly merit and skill, but I would say also that. You know, people not liking someone and not wanting to play on a team with someone, it, it matters. Like, you know, this isn't like, you aren't, you aren't like taking the SAT here to see who gets the highest scores, right? Like this is, uh, you know, we, we're trying to build a team that actually like works it well together. And if there's personality conflicts on the team, however, you know, like, you know, whatever BS origins they might have, those, those personality conflicts matter. And like you're, as a coach, you should never risk. Like you're not, you're not gonna, you wouldn't risk putting a personality conflict together on the team. Like it would just be, like you know, like I could see not wanting to have some trade because you're like, look, if these players know that this, like, no, they're not gonna be okay with it, then, um, you know, you're just gonna make a decision. You know, these players are that player, and and that's how it's gonna be. And I think Ajax also, I will say, posting that on Twitter is probably the dumbest thing he could ever do. I don't think he's gonna play at all now because he posted that. Because I don't think I would never like trust him. With PMs personally, now that I've seen that he posts PMs that are clearly not approved to post to Reddit, like, uh, yeah, or whatever, like, I just think that's really, really unprofessional and like leaves orgs out in a bad spot. So, like, Huck has to come out and like justify what he's doing. Uh, you know, as if if I'm an owl owner, I just look at that and I say, What the hell, like, that's you know, super unprofessional,
1: Um, right?
0: Just don't want to have to deal with stuff like that. Yeah, I, I totally know where you're coming from. Um, okay, well. You know, I think you, uh, you know, as well as Ajax and others I know right now are trying out and there's not that many spots. So it's a highly, highly competitive atmosphere out there right now. Um, you know, I think we'll have to see like um, just how things
1: turn out and we'll probably be seeing a lot of announcements here in, in the coming weeks. But um, yeah, I, I really, really wonder how many more teams are going to be added before yeah. OWL launches. Uh, I certainly hope it's a couple it's, more. Couple more. <laughs> I hope it's like a couple more. Yes. I hope it's okay. at least like four to six more like ideally because there's there's a lot of talented players in this game. If you look at Korea, if you look at the rest of the world, everything, there are so many good players that it would be a real shame if a huge portion of the like pro or semi pro community doesn't find a team That that would that would be sad. Uh, so, I, I really hope that we see four to six more teams in the league, at least. I do too. The other thing to think about is teams are going to have more than six players. So, it's a little less
2: crazy than people think, but there will certainly be many players that are quite good that do not have teams.
1: That's
2: just the way it's going to be.
0: Well, but, it's going to be, you know, contenders is there, right? To try to facilitate, you know, even more uh, depth, you know, for for these folks that don't make the Overwatch League. And I guess we'll have to see, like, how many players. Will still make that decision to stick with contenders, you know, and stick with organizations that are still participating in contenders, uh, and trying to make the Overwatch League versus people just give up, right? They just not going to be a pro gamer anymore because of this, and it's a difficult choice. I mean, I don't even know what I would do if I was in that in that boat where I don't make Overwatch League and I have the choice of trying to stick it out and make it in Overwatch League for the pre- next season or the season after that by by jumping on a contenders. Um, yeah, so it's it's a tough spot. I know a lot of different players that have either left the game or haven't, you know, have different opinions on it. But, um, you know, it's definitely a bit tenuous. It's not, you know, the same type of environment that we've had, you know, in the last year where I, I feel like, um, you know, we've complained about lack of events, but at the same time, I mean, look at the number of players that have been supported in the last year, you know, by playing Overwatch. Uh, hopefully, you know, like you said, it's it's going to be... Uh, a decent number of players <laughs> sticking around here. Uh, in terms of player and team news, we've got a bunch of things here. Uh, a lot of, or at least one big uh, speculation we had last week was LW Blue's roster going to be picked up by you know some team. No, nobody knew if it was Boston or, or the New York team. And it turns out it is the actual New York team. So um, Bear Hands is going to be overseeing the team. I don't know if he has the, the president title or not, but he's going to be uh, you know looking over obviously the Overwatch team. President and, of gaming, please. President of gaming, <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: Uh, but he, yeah. So, if those of you don't know, Bearhands, he you know he's working for Blizzard the t- uh, before Scott Tester. So, I think a lot of folks in the competitive community know who Bearhands is. Um, pretty interesting move there. What do you guys think of that, Ben?
1: Uh pfft, I mean, I think it's something we're probably gonna see more of. Um, the Korean teams and players are scary, man. They're they're really scary. Obviously there's talent around the world, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot more Korean players uh either teams being bought outright or or transferring over uh to combine with other players. Uh, I mean, one of the discussion points we had with ZP after the lunatic lunatic high, or actually, that wasn't even on on the show. Actually, that was. <laughs> oh, I think about it. Careful, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I gotta be careful. <laughs> careful. Uh, but ZP felt very strongly that like a full team of six coming from Korea isn't going to be able to uh, adapt as well as as everyone might think. Uh, so we might see them smash together. But honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they keep going down the list like there's a lot of really really rich owners who want to win fast off the bat uh so I'm not surprised at all to see LW Blue get picked up
0: yeah in fact I don't know why you wouldn't <laughs> take that approach just try to get you know try to win fast here um but LW Blue I believe Flower's not going to be part of that though right Flower's too young still to participate in Overwatch League so LW Blue without Flower is not the same LW Blue, just to be frank. Um, the, the It's actually very interesting that they picked up the the rest of the team. So um, we'll see how that turns out. Hopefully, you know, obviously it goes well for those guys over there. Um, another, I think, a bit of news here is that uh, we were just talking about Cloud9. Um, Cloud9 announced their, or they, they signed a bunch of people. <laughs> uh, and just to kind of list out some of the folks here. Whoops. Uh, hold on. While I'm bringing this up. Hold on. a second, my everything just minimized on me for a second. My bad.
1: Uh, uh nine signs. Yeah, Sinatra, there you go. Fisher, Neptune, space, silk thread and Zoms. Now, Zoms is uh sitting the bench though, right? He's a sub cuz I don't think we didn't see him play this weekend.
0: Uh yeah. I I, I believe that's true space or at least as well, right? Yeah, he's a substitute. I think it's listed here. So I'm a substitute, Silk's a substitute, and Nevix is on here too as a sub. So I guess starting, we've got Sinatra, Fisher, Mount Malzassa, Gray, Space, and Neptuno.
1: Got to give it to Cloud9. <laughs> they're they they're not going to sit idly, obviously. <laughs> they're just going to keep trying new things. Uh, yeah, what do you... Yeah, I don't I, know. What uh, do you...
0: What do you think of that? I, especially
1: it's Jake, a crazy mix.
0: Yeah, you you as a player too. It's like when, when a team's just constantly switching players. I mean, John
1: Purdy's their trial right? process
2: is actually going to get through thirty-seven players. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs>
0: thirty-seven players. Holy, smoke. okay, wow. That that's a lot of people uh, to to definitely try out. Um, so I, I guess we're thinking that this roster is just kinda temporary for now, right? Or do you think
2: this yeah, is Yeah, this is just a contenders roster. Like yeah. you know, also Silk Thread is not you know, like he's not going pro, like he's actually an emergency backup, so it's not like he hasn't he isn't like a, oh people think Silk Thread's on the team I and mean, mm-hmm. sort of but like he's not gonna be like a starter. He's not gonna be subbed yeah. in when someone when something goes wrong. He's like an actual like Jay's computer is broken. So he brings Silk Thread in. Okay. Like, okay. You because know, he just can't not that he's not a good player, but he just can't commit. Right, uh, right. College and stuff.
0: So by the end of, I think by when October comes around, I expect to see a very different roster from C Nine. Who knows what it's going to be? It's Kind of exciting to see this, you know, just mat- this constant change from the roster. But at the same time, I was just going to. The, the reason I was asking you, Jake, is just like, I mean, as a player, I mean, I wouldn't feel secure at all if I was on the the Cloud Nine roster right now.
1: Apparently nobody on any team should feel secure because everything's gonna be uh started from scratch. Maybe. Who knows? That's well, what it seems like.
0: I mean, I'm assuming like once you're picked, you know, for the roster that you can at least feel a little secure. You know, just from at least most of the organizations. I just don't I just don't know if I would feel the same way, you know, with Cloud9. Maybe until the lock, like literally days before the lock happens, you know, on October what 30th or 31st or whatever it is. And then I think I that's the only time I would feel pretty secure. Uh, another thing that happened was um, the Envision roster. So NumLock was actually listed uh, um, as a member of the uh, Envision roster. So, and he played? Yeah, he played and he played weekend. too. Played well too. So yeah. um, I, I guess this might be a permanent thing. You know, we, we've definitely seen Christopher play for them too. So they've been trying a few things at that one spot, but looked good to me, man. I If this is a trial, I think it, it went pretty
1: well. Feels good for NumLocked and and fans of NumLocked because he let's be frank he's been struggling for a long time hasn't seen a lot of success um, any time in, in in recent memory I mean I think the most success NumLocked had was probably with Dignitas back in the day yeah. and that wasn't super long lived so I'm really happy for the guy and you know we we haven't gotten to our section where we talk about contenders yet but man Envision is super hot right now in NA. Uh, mm-hmm. And like they're the perennial underdogs, no one ever expects them to do well, and then they just keep defying expectations time and time again. So good, good for Nublocked. good job.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, another person that's been on the show multiple times and is also looking for a team right now is uh, Mangasu. So Mangasu, it looks like he's still under, uh, you know, just contract with Renegades, but he's also looking for a team too. Uh, a member of Team Canada also. So, um, you know, definitely if you're out there looking for a Pharah in particular, you know, I think uh, Mengeshu is definitely somebody to consider. Uh, another thing, let's see, Uber, just uh, our one of our Overwatch casters, one of the, you know, just our favorite Overwatch casters, uh, announced that he's moving to the U.S. to cast the Overwatch League. So, um, you know, another confirmation of a, a hire for Overwatch League. So congratulations to Mitch on that. What do you guys
1: think of that? Awesome. He does a great job. His, his heart just... Is there? He just bears his heart for everyone to see it. Uh, the passion is real for that guy, so he deserves it.
0: Yeah, and it's 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 amazing because you know uh, Mitch has casted many games, you know, like definitely with ESL and things, and you know, just having this most recent period where you know nobody really nabbed him up to do anything, it was just like shocking because he's incredibly talented. So I think we're we as a community are definitely lucky to have Mitch uh, as one of the main casters for the Overwatch League going to be awesome and especially if australia if australia does well at world cup oh man <laughs> see mitch at his best it's oh, a tough ask uh, we'll see they have to yeah. play
1: canada first so
0: true true uh lastly uh, the overwatch league has required teams to create geolocated brands so um it's something that you know you would have assumed would have been in place but you know, I think it's confirmed that they are requiring them to have, you know, like a city with a brand, you know, associated with the city. So that's good. I mean, no, nothing really surprising there. Just more of a just reporting kind of thing. Um, let's see. Next up, we've got World Cup. So, oh man, did you guys watch this live? I'm sure Jake watched this live, but did you watch this live? Jake was in chat,
1: actually. Yes, he
0: was. That's true. Oh God. Okay. So, World Cup. Everyone thinks it's
2: such a bad thing. It's actually the best draw we could get.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, I, I guess if you look past it, it, it it probably is a pretty good one. So let me bring this up real quick. Um, where is it? All right. So what what I'm talking about with the World Cup, by the way, guys, is like um, at the end of one of the days on Contender, like over the weekend, um, they did the drawing for the uh, the eight team playoff bracket for BlizzCon, and um, you know it was live. They had the ping pong balls and the lotto. You know, just. Matt actually controlling the ping pong balls and and picking selecting just the teams randomly, and this is how it turned out. So we've got UK versus Sweden on on the, obviously the left side, Canada versus Australia, uh, China versus France, and then Korea versus the USA. And the way it played out, by the way, guys, if you didn't watch it live, is that. Every single ball came up. Well, it, so it was literally as like tense and gut-wrenching as you could get for the U.S. team because the first four teams obviously got selected. And, and they, they're not like the first four teams on the left. It's like one team from each of the matchups were selected individually. So, um, you know, if, say, you know, if you're rooting for your U- U.S. or you don't want U.S. to play Korea, as long as U.S. is chosen and Korea is not chosen, right? Like, you pretty much have that. Well, of course, that didn't happen, so it went literally all the way down to the final pick to see if 50-50, whether Korea and U.S. were going to match up, and sure enough, Korea and U.S. were matched up in the first round. So, um, you know, lots of, obviously, QQing and stuff in the chat, but Jake, as a player, how do you feel about, you know, about playing them first round? You have to play them eventually to win this whole thing, so...
2: So first things first, the win condition is beating South Korea. Obviously, like when you beat South Korea, you can win the tournament. You don't beat South Korea, you're not going to win the tournament. That's just, that's how it's going to be. Beyond that, beating them in the first round is actually easier than beating them in the grand finals by a big margin. Because this team responds and and, uh, iterates better with VODs than any other team in the World Cup. Mm -hmm. Um, And because of that... The later you play them, the stronger they will be. So beating them in the grand finals will be much much harder than beating them in the first round. If we weren't going to beat okay. the first round, then we weren't going to beat them in the grand finals uh, by a bigger margin. So I think that this is our best chance, in fact, to win. Uh, if we beat them, then everyone is scared of us for the rest of the tournament. We we uh, you know consume their heart and gain their power, <laughs> um, and then. Yeah. Yeah uh and then you know you know if we lose when we lose we weren't gonna win the tournament anyway
0: that's a a good Uh, perspective actually i didn't really think of it like that but you're absolutely right i think the the time to play them is when they're not you know just obviously lathered up too you know and just warm also but like you said being able to scout people i think the korean teams and coaches are are the best in the world at doing this so um how are you feeling confident wise like you, you think you can take them
2: I think they're very beatable, like their biggest advantage All is right. that we scared of them.
0: That's yes. what I like to hear. And, um, I'm hoping on the schedule that it's not like the first match of the BlizzCon either. I hope it's like I think we'll probably oh, be oh, the fourth
2: oh. match. Of BlizzCon. Okay, I'm, God, I'm I got it. I'm just guessing, so. but I, don't I know. hope so because at least we can I, have. Also, if you guys want to know how it's going to go, it's going to be um, UK wins for Sweden, oh. uh, Canada <laughs> beats Australia, really? China Woo. beats France, uh, South Korea. Obviously, I'm not going to predict my own match. Uh, after that. It'll be Ussersoft 3 in the Grand Finals. It'll be the UK in the Grand Finals.
0: All right. Really? Oh, man, that would be wow. epic. Man, that's UK. That would be epic.
1: I, I have put so little stock in this UK squad before... UK the Grand Finals. If UK yeah. loses but...
2: to any of these teams, it's like an embarrassment. They're all much worse what? than them.
1: Wow. This I mean, is... UK looks awesome. I have a hard awesome. time wrapping my mind around this because even after their stellar performance in Santa Monica, I still feel that Sweden and Canada, at least, could beat them. But you think it's... Sweden it's, uh, has no
2: chance. Canada has, like, a weak chance. Canada is weird, because, like, that team should be really good, but they're just not. Like, they're not nearly as good as their star power would suggest. So, I mean, it's one of those teams where they, they could get a lot better somehow. And they, they could, like, reach their potential or something, but it seems weird that they haven't already done that. Um, like, the game versus Russia was so, like, weak. They, like, barely win. Like, it's not it's not how you want to be winning a series. Um, it's not it's play, not like looking good going to Blue especially with Russia not playing particularly well either. Then you also have like France being in a massive slump right now in the professional scene where they're losing to teams like Envision, don't get me wrong, Envision played really well, but like um it was Envision to beat Rogue, right? I'm yeah, yes. I, I mean don't get, you know, Envision definitely played week. really well, but you know, Rogue is also just kind of falling apart at the seams. Um, if you just watch the way they play, it's just it's not what it used to yeah, be. Yeah, they're having uh, mm-hmm. even from just a one sided perspective. Mm-hmm. So if they can like Magically fix that, then they can beat China. But I don't see it happening unless like something radically changes in the next couple months. Which, to be honest, it's unlikely. Like it's possible, unlikely. Um, you know, same story on Canada. Possible. I mean, Canada is definitely going to beat Australia, right? Like, if they lose to Australia, that's really sad.
0: Yeah. But, well, Australia, uh, I think, is a lot Australia of most people would agree out. that it's the weakest team in, out of the eight. But yeah. you know, the same things that you said about Canada, wouldn't you say the same thing about Sweden?
2: Maybe. I mean, Sweden. I don't know. <laughs> like. I, I, I could see it, but I just think I just think the UK is like a a, a strong team. And they also have the star power. Sweden like has the star power, but it doesn't. They just don't seem. I mean, I don't know. Again, like I guess things could also change. But like I'm just going off of where things are right
1: now.
2: Yeah. There's some time before BlizzCon, you know, so teams can get yep. better, teams can get worse. So yeah, uh, I will, But that's just my very early prediction. You know, UK and Grand Finals, us or South Korea at Grand Finals. Uh, top four is going to be UK, Canada, China, and either us or South Korea.
1: I would agree with all of you, all of this, except uh, I'm less sure about UK versus Sweden. But uh, it should be awesome, guys. And on one hand, <laughs> I, I feel like the U.S. versus South Korea could have been the grand finals, so I'm a little bit disappointed. On the other, this is a rematch from last year. Uh, USA versus South Korea was by far the most hype match, pretty much of the entire uh, mm-hmm. entirety of BlizzCon at World Cup last year, regardless of the outcome. I want you guys to imagine the hype oh that is going God. in that room yep. on U.S. soil, USA versus South Korea at BlizzCon. I'm sure gonna, they're going to put it at a later part of the day so the Korean viewers can tune in, at least. I hope they do that. I'm imagining 300,000 plus viewers and one of the most insane audiences you've ever seen. Regardless of the outcome, I cannot wait for this match. It's going to be insane.
0: Yep. Me too. I, mean, I have the exact same sentiments, Ben. Like, I kind of wish it was the grand finals so that we could have this build up, you know, viewership wise, to just an, an incredible number. But to Jake's point, if we want USA to win, we should want them to, to play them as early as possible. So maybe you'll pull off, you know, Miracle on, I don't know what you call it <laughs> Miracle on, oh, it's not ice, obviously, but you know, we're definitely the USA team beat the Russians in the semifinals, actually not even in the finals. Right. So we'll have to have something like that here. Um, but I guess last question, Jake, just for you in terms of the team, I mean, I'm assuming you guys were probably all on chat or something together, but, um, it, like, what was the reaction from the team itself? I mean, I definitely know you as a confident person and not, not going to obviously have any fear, fearfulness to it, but what did you sense from your teammates?
2: Uh, a little bit of monkey ass, but I think pretty quickly we discussed it, and <laughs> yes. uh, we were like, "No, this is like this is how we win the tournament. Like, you know, playing them in the grand finals would be like extraordinarily difficult with how well this team adapts to like pods." Uh, but the thing is, there's nothing they've know that they have absolutely nothing to do research on for us uh, going into round one. They they're going in completely in the dark, and of course we're going in the dark on them too. But I think we play a lot better in the dark than they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that uh, because I think. You know, individual talent-wise, I think we might have an edge, um, and I wow. think the ability to
0: right. like,
2: exploit that as a team is also something we're very good at, at, like adapting on the fly. Whereas I think for their team, they uh, adapt better probably with odds, but I think on the fly, it'll be interesting to see uh, if mm-hmm. they can keep up. And that's that's you know we're gambling on to win the whole thing. So
1: okay, it's definitely going to be a brand new meta by then too. <laughs> oh yeah, we're, I mean, new Mercy's going to be in, new Diva's going to be in for sure. Who knows? Who knows what else?
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, definitely exciting times, and definitely made for a very entertaining stream. Just even the the uh, the lotto system there, just the the drawing. Uh, let's talk about some Overwatch contenders. Uh, week two obviously finished up, and um, we're you know kind of in week three right now. But uh, here's some results from week two. Definitely some interesting ones to talk about. So we have a Rogue ending up, you know, kind of bouncing back, beating uh, Renegades 3-1. Kangarna beating FNRGFE, so that was uh, definitely a, a pretty good match there. FaZe uh, taking a game off of Envious. so they, I think FaZe looked pretty good there. And then Envision and Immortals was kind of like the, um, I don't know, it was kind of like the match that everybody was was uh, waiting to see, you know, which Immortals would come come back you know after losing the previous week to envious and you know immortals didn't look that great again you know envision obviously played well but immortals still doesn't look like that immortals that we saw in season zero or just um you know season zero and then right after right so um any thoughts on i guess these matches anything stand out to you guys in week two
1: i mean this contenders so far seems to be uh the tournament of underdogs uh Mm -hmm. succeeding um Both Kingarna, the fact that Envision and Kingarna are doing so well in NA uh, is a is a huge surprise to me. Um, I mean, you have you have teams that are have much better brand recognition, that have the players themselves have better brand recognition uh, going down to these teams. And I mean, if you look at Envision, you've got guys like NumLocked joining the team just this week, and they're they're doing incredibly well. Um, Guys like Zany, for for instance, has been around in this scene forever. Uh, but when was the last time Saini, uh, w- whichever squad he was on, was doing super, super well? It's been a super long time, so uh, most of these players haven't seen a ton of success in the past, and they're just now starting to see it. So it's uh, it's awesome to to have that happen here for underdog teams. Um, mm-hmm. I think watching Envious was uh, this week in particular was pretty interesting as well. I-, I think it's just very clear that they're on a different level. Um, uh, they were even just kind of messing around. Yeah, with- I think they were messing
0: around at times. Uh, I mean, yeah. Like,
1: the Junkrat actually worked out really well for Taimou in the end. <laughs> so, so. But he was he was even picking Roadhog in that matchup. Uh, so I think they were kind of flexing around, trying different things. Uh, I will say, uh, Immortals did take a map off them, right? If I'm rem- remember cr- remembering oh, phase correctly. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, sorry, Phase. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's what I meant. FaZe did take a map off them in the end. So it's not like it was a complete stomp, but it did feel like Envious was... Just kind of trialing new strategies, testing new mm-hmm. things, rather than playing uh, their absolute best strategies. Uh, so, mm-hmm. mm, trying to think what other takeaways. I think that pretty much covers it for I'm, me. I'm interested in seeing how Kongarna does this week. You know, because
0: they they've obviously been the beaten renegades, and they've beaten um, FNRGFE RGFE now. You know, pretty handily, but. You know, those teams I would say are, are two of the weaker teams in in the bracket or at least they've looked like the weaker teams in this uh top eight so from here on out they're gonna be I, I think playing obviously uh teams that are at an- another level so if they can do well there then I mean, we should start talking about kangarna um because they've looked solid up to date just we kind of got to see how they compare to the envisions now and the uh, you know just rogues that are struggling and worlds that are struggling you know we'll, we'll see if they can take care of them too jake how about you you take anything from this week or just overall after two weeks of
2: contenders and he looks like the best team in NA. immortals <laughs> looks like they're crumbling uh two or two are soon to say it's sort of what i predicted though or what i thought was the potential downfall of mixed teams is that mm-hmm. it's going to be really difficult to adapt to new metas as you have to like fun like just re-approach the game in a fundamentally new way yeah like Kareem and Fate had played the dive meta on full Korean teams and had like a really clean sense of what their role was and what their team is expecting them. Because it's the same thing on all the teams. Uh, but with a new meta comes comes new roles, new, new demands, and uh, you know I wonder to what extent that the communication barrier hinders you know people sort of learning those new roles and figuring out how they need to play with their team, uh, doing that in, in you know an authentic and, and dynamic way. Uh, so I, I wonder if that's maybe some of their struggles right now. I'm, I don't know. Uh, Privy to their internal workings of the team, maybe it's something else. But I would say if they don't look a lot better the next, um, you know, next in this season of contenders, I guess by the end, then I would say that that's a pretty, you're striking a a
1: blow against mixed teams. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You guys have to remember Immortals was kind of at their their all time high, uh, you know, previous in, in season zero of contenders. So this team basically went from the top of NA. And to suddenly looking like they might be at the bottom. I mean, they're tied, they're tied for worst place right now in terms of map score with Renegades, which is not a good look. And I was watching the. I actually went back and tried to rewatch some of the uh, Envision versus Immortals game. I mean, if you look at this Immortals team, they have such incredibly talented players. Agilities is one of the best Genjis that in North America. Blade was, and, and he had some incredible plays in this match itself. Uh, his Pharah, <laughs> incredibly strong. Grim reality. I still think he's one of the best hit scans yeah. in North America, if not the entire Western world. Uh, you know, Kareev has blown my mind with his Zenyatta. Mm-hmm. Yet they're losing to a team where it doesn't seem like Envision on an individual skill basis has the edge. But uh, Immortals, whether it's uh, whether it's communication, like Jake mentioned, or or just team play or whatever, uh, yeah, it just their individual skill isn't actually resulting in in wins.
0: Yeah, I think the communication is like a really, really great point because you saw it just even on King's Row, and you know, just in that in in that particular match, I felt like I felt like Immortals was playing better than than Envisions like sixty percent of the game, but it was just those moments where they had just issues with with what I perceived as communications that they would just let the payload the payload would just keep pushing and keep pushing, and they just ended up losing that map, and it was just like. How did they lose that map, really? Because they had so many notable plays on on that map that would normally would would parlay into just winning the map and and being able to to solidify that point. But yeah, I mean, I, I just there's just a lot of holes in the Mortal's plays right now. You know, they they still have their moments where they they're they've have great great you know just a uh, like agility's making amazing plays, Grim making amazing plays, but it's not consistent enough. You know, like we all know watching Overwatch, especially Jake that it's, it's all about just timing of plays sometimes, you know, like, you know, jeg dying early in one, one, it's very significant push means losing that map, you know, and, and it's like that right now. And unfortunately, mortals is getting the shorter end of the stick, like more times than not. And we're not used to that, but, um, but that's NA. Why don't we talk about EU, which is, uh, which we're seeing here. And, um, here's the standings. Let's actually look at the schedule. The uh, Last week. Okay, so we had um, Misfits 4 uh, owing Cloud9. So um, Misfits just showing their dominance, um, you know, I think... I think that was the old Cloud9 it, a whole week ago, so... Yeah, it was. Totally it was, different yeah, Cloud9 yeah. now. Yeah, exactly, which it's an upgrade for sure. But Misfits still showing that, you know, the changes that they've made, you know, with, with obviously <laughs> a new Tracer is, is still uh, working out super well for them. United still struggling a uh, giganti you know i think is a team on the rise too that we're seeing over in, in the eu um 1234o oh, singularity and gamer origins 3-1's bazooka puppies so um anything you guys want to um, point out on the eu section of contenders week well actually, this is week 1 actually this is not week 2 let me go to week 2
1: united okay. falling uh, off yeah there we go. go yeah
0: yeah that was, that was that was, yeah. uh, that was week That's 1 a yeah a surprise yeah. So, uh,
1: united is is falling off the way that they are uh, I mean, these, this team has been around, or like the core of this team has been around for so long, mm-hmm. They've even, even been playing together for so long. Uh, and uh, some of their players did really well in the World Cup. Yeah. Um, so I was hu- hugely surprised by that. Uh, one thing I'll say is I won't even sugarcoat it. I'm, I'm a Misfits fanboy. Uh, I've, I'm a Tavik <laughs> fanboy. I've been yes. wanting to see this team do well for so long and they've been consistently disappointing so to see that they're currently 8-0 right now makes yeah. me feel a lot better especially because team they just 4-0 team Giganti uh, which is like a nice little Sweden versus Finland rivalry mm-hmm. type thing going on there. They just 4-0'd them. And G- Giganti had beaten United last week pretty handily as yeah, well. Yeah. So I think that bodes extremely well for Misfits. Uh, to me, their addition of Logics obviously is working out for them, um, making a big difference uh, on the Tracer play. Uh, so yeah, Misfits, I think they're my favorite to go, go out in first in the groups here.
0: Yeah. And one two three what do you guys think of one two three and gamers origin? Like I I don't actually know that much about those two teams.
1: I don't EU think I actually got a chance to a watch the right one
0: two
2: three now. games mm-hmm. myself. Okay. Like well. I think the thing is if you look at like I don't know, like maybe like the top, like maybe one two three and Misfits can compete and like maybe even NA or something, like, much less Korea. But like the rest of, like EU just looks weak, honestly. Like it doesn't look like a strong like there's no like there's just a small number of really top teams. And it looks like the other teams are like, who's making more mistakes. Like you're not seeing a super clean play that you are out of like the envious uh, of the world. So yeah. I think that it'd be interesting to see um, how that parlays into the Overwatch League.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, definitely want to be performing well in contenders because this is, this is what it's about, right? This is the only place you get to perform outside of, I mean, world cups over now until BlizzCon. So Contenders is really the last chance people have outside of just um, you know, one-on-one tryouts and things like that for people to showcase how, how good they can be in a competitive environment. Um, we'll have to see uh, how the next few weeks end up um, panning out. How many weeks are there now? Okay, there's six weeks. Okay, so we still got another month full of uh, Contenders. Definitely tune in and, and watch that. Uh, overall, the production, I would say, for Contenders was much better this last week than the previous weeks you know i think a lot of people were were uh saying that you know it, it was they felt like the production was worse than you know just even season zero at times but i i definitely saw a significant improvement in spectating and and uh even the casting and and just the, the overall just everything about production what do you guys think Did so you guys notice anything spectating what i think was the biggest thing they went to first person a lot more
1: well, I don't think last week was as bad as certain Yeah, people. I mean, so, sure. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't think it was, like, markedly better. Uh, I just hope they I, stop
2: doing the replays every single fight when they, like, replay a fucking Winston getting, a, like, one and a half kills. I'm like, oh, I didn't need to see that. I'd like, to, I'd rather watch the setup for the next <laughs> fight. Like, it's not that boring compared to a Winston tasing one guy. Like, some of the replays have been really off the mark in my eyes. Like, don't, they're just, like, use the replay feature because you have the replay feature, like, if you don't have a, a replay that is at all interesting or meaningful, then like, don't show it. It's like distracting and complicates the the spectator experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. <laughs> They do, definitely do have the ability to do some really, really cool things. And we saw that, too, in Season Zero, you know, with Pip-Pip and and they're now the replayability and things like that. So, um, you know, they're de- they're definitely getting into the swing of things, too. I think even just some of the combinations of folks that they're using on the desk and, and you know, casting, they've, they've been trying people out. You know, that's the thing about Contenders. I think everybody has to realize, too, is that, you know, I think with Contenders, not only with players, you know, trying to obviously make the Overwatch League, I, I think even from a talent standpoint, they're trying people out at different you know, spots too, you know? Um, so kind of take that into account when we're, you know, watching this too, but overall, yeah, I I don't actually think it's as bad as everybody thinks too. I mean, I think it's still entertaining. We still get to see the matches, you know, and and I, I think we still see, get to see a lot of the plays that are being made. So, um, you know, hopefully those guys continue, um, just improving the, uh, you know, just definitely production for contenders season two, and we'll see how week three ends up. Uh, why don't we go into the topic of the week, guys? So there's been a lot of talk of the reporting system, and um, <laughs> Jeff came out even today and just said that you know the, the reporting system is a failure, and he kind of goes into a, a little bit more into that. But the biggest thing was that um, you know there was kind of a joke post, right? Or somebody, you know, somebody posted that finally you know one of these huge offenders, right, in terms of being reported, was finally banned, right, permabanned. And what we what we came to um, know was that it took, like, over 2,000 reports for this guy to actually get permabanned. So a lot of people were questioning, like, you know, how many reports do people actually show up, you know, like, on their radar? Like, what does it take to actually get somebody... um you know, like for a red flag to really signify, you know, when it comes to the reporting system. So, a lot of people are wondering about that. So, I wanted to talk about just what you guys thought of, you know, the reporting system and maybe what the best way the lights just went out or the best, best Whatever. type of it looks reporting system. Like this. <laughs> yeah, exactly for Overwatch. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on just the reporting system right now? You know, um, do you feel like it's doing anything? Do you feel like you accomplish anything when you report somebody right now? Ben?
1: Uh, absolutely not. I Mm -hmm. don't report anyone ever, uh, because I don't see any reason to, um, I always kind of made fun of teammates in ranked games when they say, oh, report this guy, he's playing Symmetra on attack. Like that's, that's not a, that's not a bannable offense. I don't think this is going to do anything. Uh, but the, the one thing that I, the the one piece of context that I don't have is I haven't played League of Legends, uh ranked. I haven't played Dota 2 ranked. I haven't played CSGO ranked. I've actually never played a team-based game with a ranked system before. I mean, th- I've played StarCraft 2, Street Fighter 1v1 games. So this is my first ranked team-based uh, experience. Uh, uh, so I don't have any context for what the best possible low-priority queue system is or or, or whatever. however it works. Uh, I was talking to my girlfriend the other week about Uh, her annoyances with playing ranked this season and and how much better it was in League of Legends and and Dota uh, when there is a system for, hey, you get a ton of complaints all the time. You're going to be put in low priority queue. You're going to get banned quicker. There's going to be things like Tribunal. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I haven't seen one of these systems working myself, but uh, after learning a little bit more about it, it's just like, yeah, this should be a top priority. And it sounds like it really is. I mean, people, this is a constant Constant uh, discussion topic on both of the subreddits. People are talking about it all the time. Now we have Blizzard's attention. So it seems like this is definitely a thing that they should prioritize. And I, I would expect them to come up with yeah. some kind of low priority queue system or whatever. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what works. I don't know how you fix this problem. A lot of people have ideas, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's
0: definitely a tough one. And correction, guys, I, I said that Jeff said it was. Fa- no, Jeff responded to a post that was talking about the reporting system as, as being a failure. So I correction of what i said there i didn't that was definitely something i wasn't meaning to say but there's definitely a lot of plans and he kind of spells it out in this post here too just kind of um he does say that they probably could do a better job of um letting us know you know like i uh, think some of these medium and long-term plans that they have um you know for for having to deal with some of these um uh, uh, re- repeat offenders and things like that but i agree to like ben like I, I feel like right now they um you know, I feel like the system isn't working because even I'm just not motivated to even use it. You know, it's one thing to like use it and and um, you know, or, or have people feel like they, they need to use it and still not acting upon it. But right now, I just think that nobody even bothers like you just kind of accept it. And that just kind of eats at you, you know, eventually as a player of Overwatch. Uh, Jake, what do, what do you think of the reporting system right now?
2: Um, I think it really makes me feel good to report an offense toward player, even though I know that it (laughs) won't do anything. It makes me feel good to just tell Blizzard that I hate those people and I don't want to play with them. Um, Even it's just just cathartic release for me. I'm really, I'm about that. So I'm happy that, I mean, not that that's still, I don't think it's been doing anything under the new system either, but, you know, hey, I, I understand that, like, the actual griefers, people who are, like, intentionally trolling games, not just, like, picking a bad character, but, like, actually, like, jumping off the map or something, or otherwise trolling their teammates. I hope those people should just be banned. And I think hopefully this will accomplish that.
0: Yeah. And hopefully the threshold isn't too crazy either. Because I don't think it's so bad to have a very low threshold. You know what I mean? Like if you go overboard, I'd rather them go overboard and ban somebody that, that, you know, does this kind of crap like 30 times instead of a thousand times, you know, and have them learn immediately from it. Can it be
2: the fact that it, you could get 2,000 reports on an account without it being banned? Is, <laughs> that's like, that, I that's know, right? Scary, right? It's like, crazy. Yeah. They're yeah. like, wow, you had 2,000 reports. Maybe we'll give you a week ban. It's like, <laughs> all right. Like, that's, I mean, that's a star. <laughs> like, but you're at
0: 1,099, guys. You need one more like before you, you actually like, get a ban.
2: No, but was, I will say it's important not to go to the automated system like Dota has. Yeah. Uh, because then you have Dota where you have like pros yeah. who are just constantly in low priority because like people wow. just report them to like troll them. So that's like that's like point. not like they're doing anything, then they actually just get reported because they're a pro, and someone's like, "Ha ha!" Like, I've got you now. And then eventually they get in the low prio, and it's just like terrible. It's like that's pretty bad.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely. I mean, it does sound like there at least is some human involvement with it. Um, yeah, the tribunal. Do you think we'll ever get to a tribunal system? Oh man, that, that's obviously no. <laughs> not the perfect system either, but. Oh man, I hope we
2: yeah for we, a jury of your peers, oh
0: God, hope we never get there, <laughs> yeah, um it looks like long term wise they want to reward good positive behavior, so I'm wondering what that's going to be, <laughs> like if you get a plus if you get a thumbs up for the for the match you you get some good stuff, maybe <laughs> I don't know, let me see I'm, I've never really seen a positive feedback system that's rewarded you. Have you seen a game, Ben, that, like, rewards you for positive feedback you've, mm. you've gained? Yeah, no. Dota
2: tells you how many commends you get on each. You can be commended for friendly or teaching or leadership, you know, it's like four commends. Mm. Mm. You can show in your profile how many commends you have. And I think that, like, there's just no reason not to have that, right? Like, yeah. worst-case scenario, it does nothing. Okay. So, i and mean, best case scenario is people are like incentivized to want to be friendly or whatever. Even if they're just getting a number on their profile, it's like people people respond to incentives like that. I mean, that's been shown what time if, and time again. What if you
0: got competitive points <laughs> from actually?
2: Yeah, feedback? like golden weapons yeah, from like I mean, a million comments. That's a great idea. I yeah. think. I think that. Anything you can do that doesn't like affect gameplay and allows you to commend positive behavior, I think it's just a better system than punishing yeah. negative behavior. I mean, they
0: kind of regret making the golden weapons, you know, a, a competitive point thing. So maybe if they just change that to a uh, more of a positive feedback type of system where you get points for that, that could be heavily motivating. I think that would motivate a large percentage of the population, the playing population to try to be on better behavior you're still going to get some people obviously that just yeah, you out. can be like
2: you get like a player icon for like you've been you had like 10 friendly comments, and you get a player icon or something, right? yeah. i mean i mean just things like that it's, it's not no one's experience is worse because that's in the game yeah unless you're like really unfriendly and you're really pissed off you can't get the player icon
1: and then it's like you just
2: have some personal problems
0: yeah 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 <laughs> All right. Well, and
1: just, to, just to be then. clear before, before mm-hmm. we move on, uh, this is directly a response from Jeff Kaplan himself, who said, You make some really good points, and we agree. The reporting and punishment system is currently one of our prime focuses. You will be seeing a developer update about this very soon. Uh, when they say very soon, it usually means like three days. Uh, so I, I don't know when this is going to come, when they're going to announce anything, but there will be an update here soon. Fear not not yep. hopefully before i mean what if it's implemented before the season six like that would be the ideal scenario
0: yeah i think that would be great even even sooner would be even better
1: but we'll have to see
0: uh let's do some q a guys uh we've got a few folks that emailed us in daniel c starts us off he has my question is about the new mercy alt do you think there will be a standard way pros use valkyrie For instance, using it to initiate like a Zen ult or maybe just popping Valkyrie mid-fight to res a couple teammates. Curious to see what you guys think. I would talk a little bit about this, at least with the multi-res possibilities, but um, Jay, can you see any other additional plays that you might...
2: I mean it seems like the question's asking if there'll be like a really obvious way you use it, like some other ults, it's like Dragon Blade. You know?
1: like, uh, the
2: enemy use cooldowns and you're gonna clean up a lot of weak players and get dash results. Like you know, like it's there's like a consistent theme no matter what you're doing, you're probably doing that with the ultimate. Um, but I think Valkyrie is one of the most free-form and like non uh, preset ultimates that you can use. Like there's so many options. You can go into it healing, but it lasts for like, 20 seconds you might whip out your pistol and go finish off some supports. Like, you know, who, who knows what could happen. So I think the Valkyrie is going to be really, really fun to watch because I don't think it's going to be that
1: pretty I do think, though, that you're going to want to be using it to reset your, uh, your res. Um, so in, in almost every case, you're going to res first. I mean, that's really, really, really obvious. But uh, you're going to res first whenever you can. So I think it's still going to be a thing where you, like, engage... I could still see a scenario where I know they wanted to, uh, wanted to kind of stop this from happening. But I, I can still see a scenario where it's like, all right, get aggressive, somebody go die, and then we can like, if we get a kill, great. If we don't, I can just res you right back up. Um, so I think at very least that that's kind of one aspect that we'll see, be fairly consistent is using it to reset the uh, the res uh, uh, cooldown.
0: I guess maybe a better question is like, can you? How do you see the the, bu- the healing and the damage boosting beams, and just the, you know, how the effect is more for a ball of, um, you know, ball of heroes versus, you know, like a dive comp or so. Like, I, I, maybe how do you see like compositions like that or engagements like that happening? Because y- you do talk about like uh, a res initiating the thing, Ben, but isn't there a situation where you'd want to just initiate just being boosted, you know, and just going in like super you know, just with a ton of damage boost and, and things like that?
2: I could see the potential of, like, an initiation on dive when you just, like, damage boost the Winston, and then you're, like, Tracer, Lucio, and D.Va uh-huh. are all also getting the damage boost, and then right. that that's true. Turns into a right. ton uh-huh. of damage. Exactly. And then, you, you know, like, your Mercy's impossible to kill, so, like, you can just blow it early okay. and not worry about the reses, or just, like, have a 10-second res kill, and look for two reses. So I don't think you're always going to look for, like, wait for a double res, and then you pop the ultimate. Because sometimes a double res turns into four dead players, and then you just lose. Right. So I, I think the character is going to be more um, proactive than reactive. Like, the past Mercy has been almost entirely reactive. Um, like, you obviously can't use Resurrect until people are dead. So it's, like, a, literally an unusual ultimate until something happens. But I don't think that's the case with the new Mercy. I think you might, you might be doing that. And a lot of situations, if, if you can make that play intentionally, too, you could send, like, maybe like Winston and Tracer in or, or Winston and Farah and they just go super aggressive, burn one target, and then you go like double res and then follow up from there. Like that, you know, like I, I think there's a lot of a lot of interesting plays you could do to like intentionally not go for a, a five man res like you used to, but go for like a two man res. Um, okay. with, the, with the old. So I think there's gonna be a ton of room for different plays.
0: Mercy's following Winston's and following Genji's like out out and dive, man. It's gonna be definitely a new world here. Um, Okay, uh, Kyle W has a question. What kind of new heroes do you guys think Overwatch needs? I've been seeing a lot of people on Reddit who want new supports because options are limited. I'm not sure what kinds of unique support abilities haven't haven't already been used. I think the same could be said about tanks. With DPS heroes, there still remains a lot of possibilities with Doomfist opening up the door with melee-based heroes. Um, But basically, he just wants to know, is there any type of um, mechanic or ability that you guys would like to see in... You know, should it be support? Should it be tank? Like, what do you guys think?
2: More movement abilities. Give me a support yeah. that gives jetpacks. I want jetpacks on every character. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm picks totally picks with you on that. On Dude, every Overwatch character, already has like already like you know two thirds of the characters have jetpacks. All the good characters have jetpacks. This is not a coincidence. More jetpacks, better game.
0: <laughs> it's called anti gravity. <laughs> anti gravity mode. No. Let's just go play
2: lawbreakers, guys. Oh, God. We got, we got Winston, we got D.Va, um, we just need Reinhardt as a
1: jetpack. There's so many jetpacks. Oh,
0: God. Reinhardt as a jetpack.
2: Yeah, dude. Oh, that'd be crazy.
1: It's I, just bad. Think, I think there's, uh, I mean, we, we've talked about this on the show plenty of times. I think there's room for more area of effect, maybe not even area of effect, but just uh, status changing abilities. Like, uh, I think someone someone in chat said something I don't know I, maybe that, that's where I got the idea but uh, like uh, for instance just like spraying like a cloud that like gives everyone in that area like more defense or something like that uh, you know there there's all kinds of opportunities to have um, not completely standard just healing aspects well, of support just put oh. in the game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hell
1: uh, but I will say one thing that I I wanted from a support character was the ability to have a res on a cooldown instead of being the ultimate. So now we have that with Mercy. Uh, I- I'm going to just give myself a little bit of credit for that because uh, is something we talked about in the show before. Yeah, uh, I'm glad true. we're getting it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I would say one thing I
2: really yeah. want to see more of and I'm really happy to see it in the Mercy rework is a long cooldown. Uh, 30 seconds is by far yeah. the longest cooldown in the game. Yeah, yeah. You look at Dota, you have cooldowns like, um, you know, uh, uh, metamorphosis. metamorphosis, I can't remember, whatever. The, the Terrorblade, uh, you know, a spell where he turns into a rage character. It's like a hundred and forty second cooldown ability, just basic ability, and I think you have a lot. You can have a lot more of those in the game. Like Overwatch made the game really interesting. Like, you know, they use Res, and you're like, we have thirty seconds. If you know she doesn't have Valkyrie, you're like, we have thirty seconds to make a play, and that's like introduces this exciting timing window thing, which is not really existed in Overwatch right now. I mean, timing windows are just based on how much damage your opponent has dealt. So if they like do more or heal more, then that timing window is smaller, and you can't control that or really measure it. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not accurately at least yeah. so you know having a time window that you can accurately measure like the mercy res is really really interesting because I think it opens up a lot of opportunities to counterplay like, you know you get the mercy and she had res with like you know she had like you get you go aggressively on a pick because you know mercy has five seconds on her res cooldown and then you follow up on her and she can't get the res off and like oh you know it's like a clutch play in the last second right like yeah. more stuff like that uh, okay yeah I think that's good I'm being told Metamorphosis is correct. Yeah. So, like, I like cooldowns like Metamorphosis. I think they make the game more interesting. I think I would like to see even like DPS characters with like a sort of Metamorphosis esque spell, like where they become more powerful, but for a short duration and it's on a long cooldown that you can play around. Right. Um, I think longer cooldowns are cool because they let you make more powerful abilities.
1: All right. Um, What about like a 300 HP healer? Like, why not? Why not? Let's try different things. Let's let's let's, let's like break out of the norms. <laughs> healers. More healers, oh, yeah. The number one God. thing is just
2: more healers. Yeah.
1: healer tank, I don't care. More, like, more, let's more experiment. More, more healing. Yeah. Like
2: the Lucio is yeah. so. Just completely overpowered. I mean, Lucio is the most overpowered character in the game. It's not, it's not like you wouldn't think that, but any character with like a 99% pick rate for the last 10 patches is overpowered. Because it's <laughs> just by far, it's clearly the best character in the game. You always want it. In every situation, it's always better than the other options. That, that is the hallmarks of being OP. It's just like the game impact isn't so oppressive or it doesn't seem that way. But like, try playing cock without a Lucio. Like, you just lose. Like, you just, you don't get the bit of lose. game over. Like, you actually can't play without Lucio. It's so bad. And, you know, I think that that is kind of unhealthy for the game. I wish there were just more choices to achieve similar effects. Yeah. Like (laughs) jetpacks.
0: Like jetpacks. Cool. Um, Okay. Well, I think that's uh, all the time that we have. Um, You know, if if we didn't get to your question, be sure to resubmit it, resend it to the overview at championv.tv if you want to try to get it in next week. But i uh, gonna wrap up now. Uh, before we do, I just wanna remind everybody that we, you can't find the show on iTunes and all the different audio channels too. It's not just on Twitch, it's not just on YouTube. So if you've got iTunes, you got Google Play Sound, or SoundCloud, you can listen to us on the way to work or where you're working out, you know, whatever you wanna do. Just look up uh, the overview or look up Overwatch and you'll, you'll find us there. And if you like the show, leave us a nice review, five-star review, and it helps people find it whenever they're trying to search for Overwatch podcasts. But going to wrap up, definitely a great show. Jake, thanks for uh, hanging out with us again and give us giving us all that insight that you, you're always very, very good at. Uh, any shout-outs you want to do? Where can people find you?
2: Uh, shout out to my Twitch, which is uh, twitch.tv forward slash jake underscore overwatch. My Twitter, which is also forward slash jake underscore overwatch or at jake underscore overwatch. Um, beyond that, you can check my blog out at mindgames.blog.
0: Oh, yeah. He's Posts, got some uh, good semi-regularly. ones.
2: semi-regularly, uh, you know, just interesting some of the design, design analysis. The last um, post was more... Um, uh, socially focused, so uh, you know I think that's a it's a cool platform for me to you know sort of explore what I want to talk about in terms of you know anything about video games old watch scene. So check that out if you're interested in learning more. Um, beyond that, man, just just keep your eye on the Twitter feed, baby. I'm hoping <laughs> to get signed real soon. So uh, hopefully
1: we'll, we'll talk about it on the show it. next week.
0: Yeah, I'm hopefully. sure. I'm sure the announcement <laughs> is coming soon. Exactly,
1: uh, Ben. How about you, man? Shout outs. Uh, it's, it's a great week. In uh, contenders, uh, some good matches to go watch. Go watch Taimu playing Junkrat. Um, I love that his passion is back. Uh, it's He's having so good fun, to see. man. He's um, having a lot. Actually, viewership was pretty good too. Much better this week than last week. Like much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was almost thirty k viewers. So that's a uh, that's encouraging as well. Uh, plenty more to watch. Apex. We got uh, more contenders, and then we'll see you at BlizzCon. And yeah, we'll see you next week. Also, that's it for me.
0: All right, And for me, uh, thank you, obviously, to both of you guys for doing the show, everybody for watching. Um, I'm just going to have to talk to you about it, Ben, but we're, we probably can't do this show on Tuesday next week. We'll probably maybe move it to later next week because we're going to PAX. Actually, both of us will be at PAX. And um, tune in to a Streamer Showdown, Overwatch Edition, on Monday uh, at PAX, live on the Twitch stage. You'll probably catch it on uh, twitch.tv slash twitch, I, I believe. I'll I'll definitely tweet out what time it's going to be at, That's and uh, you know if you enjoyed the ones that we did in the past, we're going to be doing another one live on the stage. And it's always a lot of fun doing it live on the stage, and it's got a different dynamic when everybody's in the same room having a good time. Uh, but you can find the vods for the show, this particular episode, on YouTube.com/slashchamemv. Obviously, follow this channel if you uh, you know definitely enjoy this content, and you can follow us all on Twitter. Also at chamemv, at fishsticks, at Jake underscore Overwatch, and the show is at the Overview GG. Um, but that's going to be it, guys, for the overview this week. So, for Jake, Fishsticks, and myself, Champion V, we'll see you next week.